0: Or death metal, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like rock and roll too. <laughs> rock, rock and roll is good. Are you more about the rock or more about the roll? <laughs> I am more of the roll guy. I like the past tense. <laughs> right. Beautiful. All right, well, that's <laughs> rock and roll. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. Today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have the Myopia Condition. And they've got a new album called Event Horizon, which is released on October 16th. Right now, I'm being joined by Robert to share some more information about what the band has got going on, what they've been up to, what they've got coming up. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, uh, John. I'm glad to be here and uh, talk about this uh, heavy ass album that's coming out. <laughs> it certainly is heavy, uh, and I, it falls under the metal part of the show, the rock metal yeah. show. Uh, you know, funny thing is, Robert, sometimes I get that invite me on the show I'm like well aren't you you know there's it's some kind of rock right or some kind yeah. of metal I'm like yeah. well it's it's in there somewhere <laughs>
1: yeah if you actually look at the metal
0: genre and the rock genre and you expand on that there's a lot uh, there's a lot going on in there there sure is <laughs> now yeah there's essentially three singles that were released because initially we were going to chat about uh separation from classification and fighting fables but then afterlife came out and uh, I know that you wanted to chat about Afterlife, so I guess maybe we could kind of maybe chat about all three, if that's okay with you? Yeah, no one knows she's there. Okay. Uh, separation from class. Separation from Classification. I knew that was a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> uh was the first single. So take us through this. Why was it the first single? What is it about this track that screamed, put me out first, put me out coach. You know what? It's actually funny that the like it's not really a big story behind it, but that um,
1: it's. I guess we were kind of in our own little circle with this, but it's always been a well-received track live, and it uh, it starts the album after a mid intro that's based off the same main riff, and it just got a little bit of everything that showcases like exactly the type of music we were playing for this period. Like some of these tracks are actually a little old, so the newer stuff we're going to is starting to just uh, build off these ideas and get, get into some other territories and stuff. But it just, yeah, like, it was always, like, a, a set opener for us, always really well-received just because of the dynamics of it, because it moves from, like, kind of a slow, brooding intro into, like, fast. Greg's drumming right off the bat as soon as it kicks in is, like, pretty intense. Then it breaks down to, like, uh, some, cl- uh, like you know, s- still heavy but clean parts with... Uh, our former guitarist Dave doing some pretty jazzy stuff and then finishes off like really heavy again. It's just, it seemed like a, uh, it seemed like the right thing to do for sure to start. Like I just thought it, we all thought it was a good first taste of what the album is going to uh, showcase. So that's where it came from there. And then actually, a big thing too, we actually always like the idea of the lyrics behind the song because it touches on, um, you know, non-conformity and stuff, and just in this society with you know people so worried about social media and looking good, and you know all that hubbub about you know being comfortable in your own skin and finding your own way and being comfortable, not following the pack all the time. So it touches on themes of that. Uh, that's what uh,
0: Jos was had in mind when he wrote the lyrics for the song. So you've also forgotten about looking good on social media. yeah 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 exactly so
1: yeah yeah you gotta save
0: your save your vacation photos so that you know you don't put them all at once you gotta Mm -hmm. months (laughs) later you're still in Fiji (laughs) yeah exactly just really providing that illusion (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, beautiful okay so feeling comfortable in your own skin is that for this song only or is that some kind of a theme I dare I say concept to the album definitely a concept to the album uh joe's a lot of the lyrics
1: joe um wrote on this album are uh concepts like involving that like struggling with your self-image and just being you know having respect for yourself and being like you said comfortable in your own skin and just uh you know struggling with a lot of the stuff that are byproducts of the society we live in today like when you talk about social media and all this stuff and it it's known it's it's scientifically proven that it it makes people depressed and less um you know have less respect towards themselves because you're constantly seeing these things on the internet of these people living these lives and stuff and comparing yourself and it just it it piles on and a lot of people struggle with that and struggle with self-doubt because of it. So definitely a concept in the album. Yeah, you nailed that on the head. Wow.
0: The interesting thing is, I don't know how old you are. We could potentially go down memory lane here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before, it was a Facebook problem. I don't ever remember MySpace being an issue. I think MySpace was probably the best thing in the world. But Mm -hmm. it was was like billboards and magazines, I remember, in the 90s. That was the big thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, I was,
1: uh, well, I'm 30 now, and so, yeah, no, I, I do remember that. I, I'm i that, like, last, one of the last generations that, like, lived and stuff before the internet became so <laughs> massive in people's lives. And so, I, you know, when I was a kid, we had dial-up internet, and you'd pretty much be going through t- <laughs> stupid websites <laughs> that people would be building with just information or whatever they're interested in. You know, it was not what we're used to today, but, yeah, like, it, It's definitely transformed because you're right, you know, because back then um, there were psychologists that would still talk about it like, oh, these magazines are uh, uh, portraying these people like they're all perfect. And it's given bad uh, (laughs) image stereotypes to young women and men and blah, blah, blah. But it's just it's gotten so much more because you carry that little black box of death in your pocket all the time. And every time you look at it, it just sucks you in and it's hard to escape unless you really make a. Um, A proper attempt to limit your time on social media and stuff like that. So it's it's just gotten, you know, it's gotten worse, a little more out of control. Mm -hmm. I think
0: we found a new idiot box. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. For those who are too young out there, the idiot box is the television, which is this archaic form of entertainment where radio waves would come through the air and you would pick them up and watch Channel 4 or 5 or 6. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Well, it's true though. Like I don't know how many political cartoons you'd see back when I was younger. About saying that, it's just you know, talking. It's just people getting sucked into the TV and that's their lives and stuff. But now it's you literally have a
0: more advanced TV in your pocket all the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's funny because mine, I, I it's too much power for me because I've turned off all of my notifications. I, everything everything's really turned off if I don't want to get an email I don't unless I open my email so mm. it's it's a level of control that especially with what I do with the podcast so initially I have notifications and it was drive me flipping nuts because I get like a hundred emails a day for this podcast alone yeah no for sure ridiculous okay nope. so uh well then another funny thing is I was watching Cobra Kai uh, <laughs> yeah and. There's all this, like, internet bullying, and obviously, you know, I'm not in high school right now, so I don't know what it's like, but it got caught me a glimpse into what it's like. And my first internal reaction, I looked at my wife and I said, that's crazy that people are, are being bullies on the internet. Remember when we were kids in high school? You were a nerd if you were on the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it's- the cool thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that
1: yes. Yeah, that's such a shitty thing, too, the internet bullying, because like, the amount of anonymity and, and just being able to hide behind the screen and not, I don't know, this is just shitty. Like People just take the bullying to the next level because there's, like, zero consequences for the most part. I
0: know. You can't get hit in the face when nobody can see your face. <laughs> exactly, and people making posting accounts just to troll people. <laughs> yeah, so. My goodness gracious. Okay, now. Taking this idea of feeling comfortable in your own skin, potentially Mm -hmm. flipping the script. That one actually comes from Cobra Kai. Man, you got to flip the script. Uh, And then Lip turns into Hawk, and then it just all goes downhill from there. (laughs) Uh, Fighting Fables. Is that what this is about? Is it about flipping the the literal script, fighting the fable? Yeah,
1: exactly. That's uh, where Joseph's going with that, is like the fable being the lies that you tell yourself, or the bad self-image of yourself getting into um (laughs) how he said it like getting into the ring with the demons in your head and just you know fucking overcoming them so that that is exactly yeah it's flipping the script it is um overcoming that stuff and making a solid attempt to uh yeah just to work on yourself and to be happy with your self-esteem and take care of yourself and stuff
0: mentally so yeah, yeah that's that's definitely the idea there very very cool and then afterlife what's going on with afterlife
1: Afterlife, I wish Joseph's here to talk about that a little more, um, but mostly because he's, I've, I've heard him chat about it a little bit, but mostly he's talking about just how comfortable people can be being really shitty to each other. Like it's, it's crazy. You see it a lot um, in your personal life. You see it a lot, obviously, in the news. Every, you know, every second story is about somebody killed and blah, blah, blah. So it's about people that, 'Cause well, the think about it like for me when I think about it's not always the case, but generally it is the easier path to take the low road, to do the selfish thing, to um, you know, just worry about yourself. It it like to me personally, generally it's harder to take the high road and it's the harder path to, you know help people, whether it be your friends, your family, your community and stuff like that. It's more work and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised you see people being so comfortably shitty to each other like quite a bit. So that's that's what that song is about. And, you know, them hopefully at least coming to terms of that or getting what they deserve for it almost. It's almost like karma speaking, I guess, in a way it's it's definitely touching on that is kind of the disgustingness of how bad people can be to each other. And, uh, you know, the hopes that we can be better to each other or at least the people that are being extra shitty get what's coming to them eventually.
0: Wow. A comfortably shitty with other people. <laughs> yeah, really, though. <laughs> well, I mean, Pink Floyd said comfortably numb, but I mean, we, I think it's definitely the cities have gotten bigger, maybe, or despite the fact that everybody's, quote unquote, connected to this black box of death. It has yeah. en- enabled them to be comfortably shitty with other people. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: there's a lot of you, that you get into as in why. Like, you know, maybe we're just seeing it more now because we have that access. Maybe it's getting worse. You'll hear people make the argument that humanity is in the uh, best stage it's ever been um, in in terms of equality and equity and blah blah blah. But you know, it's it's hard to to it's hard to see that sometimes when you're so. There's just so much information coming in. Unfortunately, with with humans, I find that it's easy to remember the negative things than it is to remember the positive things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Maybe. don't. They just they just pop up in your face a little more. The negative, the positive things that are received well and great, but it seems to fade. The negative things they stick. It almost seems to stay in your in your forefront of your head for a little longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It kinda makes me wonder. You know, let's say you have a great day at work, you get a promotion, everything else, but if you start off the day or end the day with, say, you know, your tire blows out and you gotta change your tire and it's a rainy day or something, and a bus drives by and splashes you and you get wet and muddy, like, what are you gonna remember out of that day?
1: <laughs> right,
0: exactly. You know what? I also I can also parallel that to
1: work too. Like I work uh oil and gas stuff and um and i've worked across you know a few different sectors but that's like one thing i've always paralleled this with is like they like your company a lot of the times you know they'll pat you on the back and you know as long as you're performing your duties and being a good employee it's like good job but as soon as they they only remember the shitty shit. Like they you can have one bad day for three hundred and sixty five good days, and that bad day will outweigh the entire year. Sometimes, depending on the leadership and stuff like that. But you know, that's just one of those things that makes it um, apparent to me that people focus on the negative. The the positive sometimes is just kind of like a you know a fleeting fleeting thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Now. Something you mentioned was, you know, uh, a concept in the album is feeling comfortable in your own skin, building that self-esteem, uh, having a good confidence. And something else that has come up quite a few times is the heaviness of the album. So what I want to get into is how much of the album was premeditated to be heavy and to be about this concept? Or did it just come together organically? Uh probably
1: definitely a lot more organically um so josh this is mostly his baby he's been playing like he uh i used to be in a band with him called Earth ashes and i'm you know friends with him for a long time uh, he was a vocalist in that band actually but he's a deadly guitarist as you can hear listening to the album so he writes all the music and then just Joe writes the lyrics sometimes josh helps or writes a little bit of lyrics with him but some of these ideas and themes like the riffs and stuff you know he's had them in his back pocket for years so he generally does he's uh he's just a riffmeister man like he just riffs hard like mostly a rhythm style guitarist and uh he just comes up with an idea that he likes and just kind of runs with it and then usually we'll take it to me i'm on bass and greg the drummer and then we'll start to uh you know to build off the ideas put the actual rhythm section together if we have input like i'm a guitarist as well if i have input on ideas and stuff and uh how to you know put stops and starts in the song and you know just uh climax buildings and different dynamics and stuff but like pretty much all the guitar is written by him with the exception of leads and then after that what it is for jose he doesn't write a single lyric until he hears the uh he hears the music once it's pretty much fully formed instrumentally and then whatever the vibe he gets from it or whatever, it is, he, he definitely takes a lot of the vibe from the music and then whatever is uh, on his mind at the time, he'll uh, start to build off that. So, it isn't, yeah, it's not the heaviness is straight out of just Josh's brain man, he just writes, he's got like influences that range all over the place so um, he just likes writing heavy stuff and Greg, as you can hear on the
0: album, <laughs> can play some heavy drums and It all just forms like that. Very cool. Now, something you mentioned before was oil and gas. I know I haven't found work in that industry in six or seven years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had to change industries myself. But my next question, basically, with regard to that, for those listening in, we're we're both in Alberta, uh, which is an oil and gas place Mm -hmm. um, or should be or supposed to be or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, That's a long conversation. That's a podcast in and of itself um, as far as how that's going right now. But where I wanted to tie that together is how has the coronavirus situation been for you guys as a band uh, this year? Has it been a blessing in disguise? Has it been just complete awful, comfortably shitty? (laughs) Comfortably shitty, yeah. Uncomfortably shitty? Uncomfortably shitty. You know what? It's... I don't know. We
1: we're, we're all the type of people that you know, will make the best of our situations. We're, you know, I I feel like we're all pretty mentally sound dudes and you know, you can let this stuff tear you down and I it's I know it's not easy to um ignore and try and stay on a positive mind frame with it, but you know, it's the shittiest thing about it for sure is right now we would we have all our, you know, tour booked and everything and be getting ready to go cuz we, you know, we've been playing for a few years now and this album took quite a bit of time to get out and that's kind of what we were waiting it's like we need a product so we can tour and blah 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 and so that's the worst thing is the is them not being able to gig not being able to have a proper album release and then you know go on a tour journey after so that's shitty but you know it's um i had three months off from my job when everything went crazy And I was able to focus on uh, getting the last of this album together. It was just, you know, like I'm saying, there was just a lot of hurdles and stuff and different just, you know, uh, random circumstances that slowed the album down. So I actually had some time to focus on, you know, getting uh, things in order to release it. It's just shitty that, like I said, we can't play live and stuff. So we made the best out of the situation. Um, But yeah, like obviously it hasn't been great is but you know we're still we're doing our thing and uh we considered um waiting until things you know get a little better in terms of live music but we just like I said we been sitting on it too long i just wanted to give it out to people i know there's a lot of musicians don't want to release music environment they, they just you know all this different stuff and uh i it's just like, nah, no, we need we need to get this out. Some, you know, if, if one person listens
0: to this album and is like, ah, I needed that, then it's it's a winner to me. <laughs> so. Yeah, that brings to my next question, because there's been bands who've been doing all sorts of things to try and uh, do album releases or shows or I mean I've even seen festivals and quasi tours, Yeah, um, you know, online an online tour kind of thing, which is I don't know, weird, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, Wisconsin. So I guess my question is, how did you guys go about releasing the album during these times? Uh, uh, you know, honestly, it's pretty much everything you would normally do.
1: Minus the, uh, the live music and everything. Like, uh, we wanted, um, John with Asher media to help promote the album and get it out because we're a relatively new band. Like we have a bit of a following in the central Alberta area, but we just want to, expanded, so that was one of the things, especially now, considering we can't go on tour, we're like, oh, we definitely should utilize this, um, you know, this format, so, but like that, just just trying to get an online presence, provide, you know, uh, put together some material, we got a lot of stuff that we're slowly going to be releasing after the album, do like playthroughs and everything, and just try and stay relevant while all of this is happening so that when we are able to get on the road and you know start gigging again that it's you know it's not it's not going to be after a a long break of inactivity type of thing so yeah that's yeah that's that's mostly it other than that we got a couple um like because we definitely want to do some live streams that's that's a big thing like i said when josh he's in england right now so he'll be getting back and then he's got to go into quarantine um and then once we're all good that's what we're gonna do is bang out a couple live streams because why not like uh, we have all the gear to do that we have we're we're a bit of a gear band so might as well utilize that just at least play the album for for the for the fans and go from there and then yeah after that it's just kind of day by day keep releasing stuff like i said try and stay relevant and at after that point it's it's like
0: honestly we're already in the pre-production phase of the next so Okay, you mentioned pre-production for the next album. How much can you say about that right now? Oh, I can say I can say a little bit about it. <clears throat> I will uh, preface this with the fact that
1: it took so long to get this album out, where like really knows the grindstone to have this other new material ready to go um, after a proper amount of time between this release. It's yeah, that, that was like really hard for me. I'm like, they always talk to me. I'm like the mom or the dad of the band. I'm just, I'm the type of guy and just, I'm like the, I, I just usually step into leadership roles and keep everybody wrangled and how long it took this album to come out is, was really weighed on me a lot. It was stressing me out. So I just like, really, we all it was bothering us all. We all just really want to keep smashing stuff out. The new material <clears throat> is, it's just, it's awesome. It's greasy. Like, uh, like I said, some of these, songs are pretty like josh wrote years ago so him as a guitarist he's expanded his guitar horizon so much since then and um yeah i just feel like some of these new tracks are going to turn heads just as much as this album will if not more so yeah no we are in the like pre-production phase of that already and you'll probably start to see some sneak peeks and stuff uh, around
0: christmas Okay, very, very cool stuff. Well, that concludes the questions that I have. Is there anything that you were hoping I would ask that I did not?
1: No, no, not really. You covered what I want to talk about, the tracks, uh, the future, our plans for, you know, navigating these weird times.
0: So that's pretty much it uh, in terms of questions for me. Okay. Beautiful. Sweet. Wow. Robert, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Oh, thank you so much, John, for having me. I appreciate this a lot.